so we have a project. We have a project. We call it OM Champion Project. And welcome to the Marseille View. My name is Stefan, and I'll be hosting tonight, uh, back in the host seat after a, a week out, and uh, my uh, reliable colleague Ben taking over. Uh, ben, you're with me tonight. How are you? Uh, very relieved to be out of the hot seat. <laughs> that was an experience. Well, you did really well, but it also sounds like you got your smoke alarm fixed as well. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it, it, well, it was, yeah, it was frustrating, and I knew that would play part, but it, um, I've been in France for, for three weeks for Christmas, and I got back and it was beeping, and then, you know how, how you're like, oh, it's just a battery. I tried pulling it out, and then I saw it's actually plugged into the mains. I was like, oh, shit, I can't, I can't do this, so... I spent three days climbing up the walls, waiting for the agency to send someone round to uh, replace it. And effectively, it wasn't the battery that was bad. It was the fact that it was um, it was it, it gone past its expiry date. It was 10 years old, needed replacing anyway. But anyway, yeah, glad you're back in the hot seat. <laughs> well, that would have driven me mad, I have to say. So I, I do uh, feel for you. It sounded awful. Um, yeah, it's good to be back, actually. Uh, i got quite a lot to talk about today. So it's kind of last minute decision to podcast so uh, just really because there's been so much going on in the last week and it was a good game at the weekend as well so why not squeeze one in we thought so it's just, just the two of us tonight but um, what we're going to cover is uh, Sunday night's game against Leo which is obviously a big game and plenty to to pick out from that match but also quite a bit going on around the Mercato so we're going to talk about the new signings we've, we've, we've had. So we've brought in uh, two new signings, uh, Bakambu and uh, Kolosinac tonight. You just signed tonight. So we're going to talk about them and, and maybe if we get some time as well, we'll t- talk about Amavi's departure and maybe some of the other rumours that are going around um, as we kind of come to the end of the window. And also some big news as well in the last week around, uh, um, well, our future uh, ability to sign players so we'll be covering that story as well so i guess we'll just get started then yeah um so yeah sunday night's game was against leo um marcy at home and uh i see it's a bit of a lost opportunity um in, in, in my opinion so we went into this game thinking that i think leo are not not the team they're not certainly not the title winning side that they were last season um, and a team that's really struggling this year and this was a game that I think even before the game started I, I was confident that we would get a win um, however we started pretty badly actually and, and we found ourselves down in the first half um, and we kind of handed a sort of a stroke of luck when uh, Benjamin Andres uh, he was sent off and um, we had well, the joy of playing the last hour with an extra man but we still failed to get the win um, so the game finished 1-1 Ben, would you say, I don't know, what, what would you say about this game? Do you think it was a poor performance from, from Marseille? Well, I'd, I'd, um, 
when when we finished the last podcast and we we did predictions, I think I predicted one one. Um, and I, I I think that um, I wasn't far off with with the scenario that I predicted, which was I know that we just come out from a, a big win away in Bordeaux, you know, in a historical win. It wasn't a big win certainly from a performance point of view, but it was sort of a you know sort of morale boosting win. We've broken the hoodoo. Uh, two wins in a row with the cup game included as well, starting off 2022 brightly. But but I was always worried, you know, I was always worried because Lille, they they were they were the, the, that was probably our worst performance away to them when we played them uh, back in I think it was late October. And also, you know, we just Jonathan David is is working on Walter. Um, he, he, well, he was. I think he still is. His top scorer in Liga. I, I just knew that they had, that, you know, they they have the system and the players to cause this problem. And even more so, as you say, when you look at the scenario. I mean, you, you start the game, and we know that we want to have possession and we want to cut the passing lanes and, and pass up as much as we can. But there were so many attempts by them, rightly so, to to, to catch us on, on on the brink of offside, and um, it almost came off. Um, dare I say it, if it's not Paulo Lopez in goal for a couple of those free balls who, who's quick off his line and comes out and clears them, could have been in trouble. And, and Burak Yilmaz is, is born offside anyway. And he, I think he, he was called offside something like six or seven times over the whole game. But yeah, it was. I, I was always a bit concerned because of the, the opposition, but I was also... Um, I, I was also not optimistic because in the back of my mind, I... Uh, I had I had that that the abysmal home record, um, thinking shit we we do struggle at home compared to when we're away. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you um, picked out some some key points of discussion from that game. Uh, just the amount of occasions in the first half we were getting caught out. Um, you know, our backline plays very high. We would have possession-based team, aren't we? We're a side that likes to control the game um, and we often um, are pretty high in the the possession stats. I, I mean, I think in the game overall, I mean, this is misleading because, we, as I said, we played the game with it over an hour with an extra man, but we had 78% possession to 22%, which is just insane when you think about it. But I suppose it wasn't anyway. I don't know what it was at the point of the sending off, but it wouldn't have been anywhere near as high as that still, despite the fact that we, as I said, we play high and we, we like to keep the ball, but we get caught out and against a good team like Leo, who's got good attackers. Got, um, they're good. They, they are very good going forward. They've got... You know they've got quality. We were getting caught out a lot, and um, pace despite too, yeah. yeah, pace. And despite the fact that we've got, well, maybe not with Burak, Yilmaz, Yilmaz isn't particularly quick, is he? But um, yeah, actually, yeah, he is. Yeah. Do you think he's got great movement? I always thought maybe it is more so. He's so good. He's he's, um, but I don't know if he's actually quick. But he's probably quick for his age. Yeah, like, yeah I mean, um, no, but like. You, we laugh about it, but last season he, you know, he scored lots of goals where he, where he, you know, he, he's on the, he's on the shoulder of the defender on on the offside trap, and um, he outruns the defender, and yeah, he's just for his age. He, uh, he does spectacular though. It's like you know, guys like and reminds me of. I mean, he's a different type style of player, but you know, there's players like um, Filippo and Zaghi, for example, was like that. He was just like I didn't really like the player that much, but his movement, yeah, they're, they're the back hanging the on the defender, yeah, yeah, it's just hanging on the shoulder, him. waiting for that for that that free ball, and he he knows that he'll either outmuscle the, the defender or he'll or he'll he'll beat him on on the acceleration, but. Yeah, we we almost got caught out, and then ironically, we concede from a from a fucking corner, <laughs> which was very poorly defended, wouldn't you say that corner? 
I am. Um, yes. So Saliba loses a man. When you watch, it was it was actually. I mean, and and this is when I look at it enviously because, uh, you know, you look at you compare us to a team like Nice that they they. they they score a lot of penalties. They get given a lot of penalties, but they score a lot of goals from corners as well. And when you look at, at, at the replay and you look at what the, what the players did, it's not you know it's nothing exceptional. They grouped at the far post, and it was always you could see it was designed that two of them would drop further back, further back, and and that opens a space for one of them to run into at the penalty spot. And Saliba loses his man, granted, but. It could have been any defender, I think, marking that player that would have lost the man. I just think it was a very well-designed corner, but it just so happens it was Saliba. And I, I think, you know, as much as we praise him and as much as I, I big him up to, to our friends on Laguna Talk, look, he's been our best defender for, for his age and, and for his consistency. But I think recently, and especially, I think we complained about this after our defeat to loss a few months ago, that's where he t- he needs to progress when when he's when we're defending is his his reading of the of the set pieces and following his man on set pieces or crossing, that's where he seems to be getting caught out the most. Yeah, I think we're maybe a bit guilty of overhyping Saliba a little bit sometimes. I do think he's been an excellent signing, but I think sometimes we get a bit carried away with how good he's been. Um he has he's had maybe two or three games where he's been pretty poor. And I guess that's understandable. That's expected it's sort of someone his age, but I think we shouldn't maybe overstate his his quality or his ability at this stage of his career. You know, he's certainly someone who's still learning. Um, and I think for, yeah, maybe like for us that are watching it every week, we are, you know, we are kind of, our opinions of him each week are maybe a little bit influenced by just our sort of general kind of um, happiness about having him in the team right now. But I guess, for example, I was talking to my brother um, recently, who's he, he's not really an OM fan, but he does follow them a bit and watch them, and you know he kind of gets into them every so often when he likes the kind of coach or the style of football they're playing. He's not, but he's not really like a a proper fan. I um, mean, so he's because he likes Sam Pali, so he's been watching him this season, and he was like, I don't like that. You know, every, I've seen that guy that Saliba. He's like, I just, I don't actually think he's. I think he's a bit of a weak link in the team. And I'm like, what are you talking about? But he's got a point, right? Because there's certain games, you know, if you don't watch all the games and you watch certain games, you could easily watch him and think, actually, there's that guy's clearly lacking in experience and is making a lot of mistakes, you know? So I think that sometimes yeah. maybe we are a li- we get a little bit carried away, you know, we, we overlook some of his flaws. Yeah, he's one of those players where you could easily pick out some some ex- amazing highlights like his last minute tackle on Mbappe in, in the PSG game and he, he has those sort of Hollywood moments and he's quite physical and he, he bullies plays off the balls and he's technical as well but as you say if you were to watch the, the bad games you would think he's damn average because away to Galatasaray for example and uh, at home to Lens when he, he, he was he didn't have a great game that night you know, it's just, yeah, if you were to watch his, his best and worst highlight reel, there's some great moments in there, but the ones that are bad are actually quite bad. But let's be honest, I, consider, like, I think, you know, you've, you've got to put in perspective, he, he's in a three-man defence. We know Sampaoli's a bit, it's a bit odd, you know, let's not, let's not lie. The role that him and Luan Perez are being asked to play is is quite hybrid, where they, t- they tend to actually get forward quite a bit. And you know, he's he, uh, Saliba's excellent and and quite um, bluffing when you look at like his passing stats into the, the uh, going forward and and even in the final third and 
the number of progressive runs he tends to make. But actually, yes, when when you narrow it down, uh, as you say, because we watch him cons- like week in, week out, we, we can also see the areas where he needs to improve. But look, <laughs> I feel like we, 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 we're focusing on him. But at the end of the day, that's not why the, the, the result wasn't positive the other night. And, and I think actually... You know, if we bring it back to the game, I mean, the the, the key, the signing, the, sorry, the sending off was 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 a godsend for us because uh, Renato Sanchez was pulling the strings in midfield. He was, um, he, yeah, he was he was just running riots. Um, I think Kamara was, he had his hands full a bit with with the runs and 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 people trying to break forward from midfield, but Renato Sanchez just he was on one. You know, he was he was flawless technically. He was dribbling. All all of his first touches seemed to seemed to come off, and and when the sending off happened, it it really enabled us to obviously take him out of the game a bit more because there, there was one man down and he had to to probably focus a bit more defensively. But that's that's this is this is when you look at it and you go, uh, yet again we dropped points. 11 against 10 men at the Villodrome and, and it's not even, you know, 11 against 10 men for the last 10 minutes against Mess. It was the same. It was for over, over an hour, well, almost over, certainly over one half of football. And it's like, it, it, it's almost a hindrance to us when, when the team goes a man down because. Well, well, I think that might be something to do with the way that we play. I think we're the kind of um, team that uh, if you, it's probably easier to play against if you're a man down because of the way that we are set up. Um, you know, we're just going to pass the ball around from side, get to the, the other half and pass it from side to side and let, hope for an opening. But if you if yeah. you know you're a man down, you're just going to park the bus as much as possible and make Even sure that more so the middle. Exactly. So yeah. um, it, it's actually possible to to defend quite well um, when you're at a disadvantage when you're playing against a team like us because we're just we don't allow teams to kind of. Um, spread themselves out, come forward and open spaces up. You know, we're kind of playing into that their hands uh, as such um, with the kind of way, the system that we've got. I feel so. It's not really surprising. I kind of did think when we went a man down, went a man up, that I thought, do you know what? Actually, I still don't think we'll win this. I think we'll struggle to to get two goals. But yeah, like you're quite right. I mean, we're f- focusing on a bit too much on the defence. Like so, the, and you can think about this game as like. There's the first half an hour and then there's the rest of the game, really. And the rest of the game, obviously, is a different game because of the, the situation changes so much. But we really didn't we really didn't capitalise on the advantage that we had. Although we had lots of the ball, um, we weren't really creating great opportunities. And it, it seemed that we it was only until the very end that we actually looked like we might get a second goal. Um, or the, the, so it was almost kind of like I don't know if that's just because like the op- op- opposition team starts make, getting tired, and making mistakes, or panicking. But up until the last ten minutes, I didn't. I thought five ten minutes. I didn't think there was any chance we might nick one. What do you think? Well, it, well, even before that, the, the, even when when they would, I think you you do have a game of two halves, as you say. But I think it, it, it's not even two halves of of the before and after the sending off because even towards the end of the first half. Even after going a man down, they had the best chance. They, they, you know, they, they had a uh, was it bomb, was it Bomba or someone who had a decent shot. Paulo Lopez came off, and then, and then they had the two best chances. There was a, a really good cross for for Yilmaz at the far, far post, who was yet again unmarked. And Paulo Lopez is 
you know, he moves he moves really well across his line and, and he's just there and spreads his body well and, and keeps the ball out of the back of the net somehow. But it's um you know, even even yeah, I think it's it's a game of two halves, but actually two proper halves of forty five minutes because even when they were a man down, we were we were still not only struggling to create, but they were still getting the better of us because they were still playing on the shoulder and we we we, we hadn't quite yet adapted to um to, to sit a bit deeper, which we ended up doing in the second half, but I think we were also we're also guilty of just being over cautious and, and over over precautious at some time. You just you just feel like uh, you know there's there's yeah obviously the opponent's going to get tired because we you know they're covering a lot more ground and and with our, our game even though we're doing it in 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 often an ineffective way we're actually really good at spreading the ball from right to left right to left right to left and it does tire people out to run yeah. across but the problem is that we don't make enough vertical runs so. And when, the rare times when we did, it was there was a, there was a, a really good movement where where under um, plays of one cuts in from the left, um, and that was also a big change that happened in the second half was under and Payet switched wings, and that, and and then Payet started playing a bit more uh, you know sort of loose loose in the in, in the centre and, and drifting from from both wings and then Lirola was on the right and we were we were obviously making a conscious decision to try and cross the ball a bit more and there were some decent crosses there were some less good ones but suddenly you we're not playing the 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 classic thing where we we're, we're expecting the wingers to cut inside on their foot and take a shot or to to you know drift across so that that changed but there was one chance when yeah under drifts in from the left plays a, a relay one two with Payet and then and then sort of squares it almost perfectly to Genduzi who doesn't take the shot and it's <sighs> It's just it's it's frustrating and you know we've I've complained about this for years at, at the OM where I, you know yes maybe it's a conscious decision and it's the instruction that you know build up build up build up always play the extra pass and stuff but I just wish that, that one or two of our midfielders like I, I think Gustavo is the only one we've had in recent years who had the flair to 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 take a shot you know take a shot from 25 30 yards sometimes and. No, he scored a great goal against PSG at home, didn't he, Gustavo? But it's just you, you just—I don't know if it's nerves. I don't know if it's because they're, they're, they're told not to do it. But it's just frustrating because when you're when you're sit, when you're playing against a defensive sitting deep, the the rare times you're going to catch them out like that is when you need to take the shot, and we don't. Well, I think that the midfielders have got the shooting skills. I, I believe. I mean, Roger tries to shoot quite often, which is not very good. At, um, well, he had he had a couple that were blocked, yeah, didn't he? I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, that's like quite decent. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, people always talk about how he could never score a goal, but I've always said that I actually think his shooting technique is quite good. He just doesn't. He's not very accurate, or he's just, I don't know, he's not very lucky sometimes with it, maybe. But he, he certainly. Um, Really gets it on target, um, but yeah. So I think you hit the nail on the head about the verticality issue, and I think there's but there's two players, and we'll kind of move on maybe to tops and flops with this um, point. But there's two players that kind of highlight the 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 good and the bad in the the game that we play. You know, as, as you said, we sort of pass the ball very well from left to right, but we don't make, have players that make enough runs going forward uh, at times, certainly through the middle. Um, Milik is the kind of guy that benefits really well from uh, a team that I think can go out wide and put crosses into him, and that's just not really what we do. And he's really lost, I think, a lot of the time in this team, and certainly in, in, in the game on Sunday, he was pretty poor. 
Um, it just looks like someone who just doesn't he doesn't fit with the rest of the team. You know, if if your striker is always seen as the kind of final piece in the puzzle, he looks like he's the part of a different jigsaw. Um, and yeah, and that was really apparent, I think, for me in that game that he was having a poor night. Um, but also, like, in the contrary to that is someone like Chengazunda, who is, you know, he's clearly doing something different from everyone else. On the pitch, he does look like the guy that's most likely to score a goal or to make something happen. Um, and I think there's something to do with his game and the fact that he is willing to just take the ball and dart forward and cut in and, and be a bit more aggressive and ambitious with his attacks. Um, yeah, and I guess, yeah, my point is, is that, like, those you can really see a contrast in the in what's working and what isn't working from for Marseille going forward and um, looking at those two parts of that that, that, that attack well, sadly look it's, it's back to something I've been repeating for, for years and and since we started this podcast I've been repeating again we we are you know, well, we had a decent spell the last six months of last year where the, well, I think it was due because, you know, we, we were like, new coach, new coach rebound. And also uh, the, the team was set up a bit differently because we, we, we were playing some Milik strengths. And also he, he I think Payet had a bit of a regain of form that, that coincided with Milik's arrival. They seem to, to find each other in, in terms of the technical relationship. But I've said it for years. We 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 are we've become a fucking strikers graveyard. You know, we 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 bring strikers in, whether it's Germain Mitroglou, Benedetto, and now Milik, and we end up just yet regardless of whatever the best intention seems to be to, to recruit different profiles of players or or change our, our build-up approach or, or 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 be a bit more possession-based or counter-attack based. We just always seem to end up in a situation where our number nine touches less and less of the ball as the games go by and has to drop a bit deeper and gets frustrated and obviously gets tired because they're covering more ground than maybe they should be if we were more direct and we were crossing balls in and feeding them. And yet again, you know, what's changed, sadly, we, we, we find ourselves reliant on a miracle from Payet and now recently on, on the miracle from Cengiz Endo when, and it was Tovan the, the last few years. So, oh, you know, it's just, yeah. It's very frustrating that we 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 come across this time and time again, and it's even more worrying when you know that Pius not getting any younger, and and eventually we can't re- rely on him. So either we're going to have to sign the same profile, we can pull out the same miracles from 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 the bag like Pius does, or we're going to have to completely change the structure of of the way we we we, we attack and. That is a big frustration, and um, you know, again, let's let's stay on on under credit to the lads. You know, he's got. He's, think, remember, we we did the pre-podcast season, both of us, with our, our friend from uh, from the Roma podcast, and you know, he was a bit like underwhelmed, but he was also lucky. You know, he had a decent spell at Leicester, then he fell out of favour and whatever. But he he's he's clearly a talented player. He just hasn't been in the right place at the right time, and um, and maybe this is it. So very happy that. I wouldn't say he's proven us wrong, but he certainly pleasantly surprises. Yeah. Okay. So shall we move on to the tops and flops for the game? Um, okay. So I think I'll. Shall I go first? Uh, flops. I'll start with the negative, so we can finish on a positive. Um, Saliba. Is that harsh? I mean, was he any worse than anyone else? 
I don't know. I mean, he was at fault for the goal, wasn't he? So yeah, the goal. He 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 was unlucky, I think, when he um he did what Genduzi was supposed to be doing, and and there was one chance, wasn't there, in the second half where he, where he he actually makes the vertical run, which God knows why he ends up doing it, but he makes a vertical run and, and puts a cross in, and there's like it hits two little plays and somehow doesn't go in, but. Yeah, I guess you. I guess you could because you could. You could argue, Steph, that he did cost the goal. Um, yeah, why not? Yeah, maybe a bit harsh, but yeah, I'm just trying to think about who is kind of like uh, whose performances, I suppose, were um, essential or crucial to the the outcome of the game. So maybe him and maybe yeah, Milik. As I said about Milik having a poor game, um, just things just not working out for him. And that in that game and clearly like looking disjointed or the disjointed part of the team. Um, I'm just not, do you know what? I'm not even sure that the other players are like playing for him either. I feel like maybe, um, the, maybe because he's been out as well a lot of the seasons so where he's kind of just kind of been left out of things. Um, but yeah, just it, he, maybe last season it felt a bit more like they were playing towards him as their focal point. Um, as the, the, and the rest of the team see him as the guy that's going to get the goals, and I just it doesn't feel like that now. Um, I know there's a lot of new faces though on the side, so it's a, it's, a, it's clearly a different team from last season. Um, that's part of it. So he's, he's just not been on really good form as well. So you add the two, yeah. season, inevitably you're, you're you're going to get a struggling player. Yep, and obviously not want to keep talking about the same stuff every week, but you know we've talked about how we we don't think in this podcast that he's the right kind of style of striker for. The way that we play um, under San Pauli, um, but that's clearly more apparent now than it was in San Pauli's first few months last season. Um, so yeah, he he was pretty poor. I, I think I don't think I would pick any other flops. I think that maybe a bit a bit harsh. Um, I think just moving towards tops. Uh, you said Lopez actually like pretty good to be honest. I, you know I've always said I wasn't a fan of him. From the start, um, but he's been good, you know. I can't deny he's 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 been pretty consistent, um, and he's had some really good games and made some really good saves. I thought he was pretty decent the other yeah, night. Think- he made some good saves, some important saves. You know, think about the one at the was it came at his kind of far post. I, was, I think it was was it Ilmaz? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And from really close range volley, and he, he stops it. You know, it's just like it's an excellent save, like. So I think we've got to kind of give him his dues. He's been. It's, it's interesting to pray because I mean Alex and I have been we praised the, his 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 distribution. We play you know we praise the, the sort of impact he has on on our build up and building from the back. But yeah, it's nice to um imagine for you know for I mean you're you're not one of his critics, but you're one of those that was on the fence thinking yeah I mean this is all well and good, but he's you know what is he really worth as a as a goalkeeper? And actually, yeah, he proved he proves. Um, Sunday night that he, he is a good goalkeeper as well he's not just a good sweeper keeper he he does have it in him and um, he's on form and I think it contributes to, to the good saves that he made but it's nice to be able to praise him for his, his actual goalkeeping ability Yeah um, and in terms of another top I'm I mean, the obvious one would have been Unda, but I wasn't going to pick him actually. Because I figured you would maybe have you were maybe going to pick him based on what you've already said, already said. But I was actually thinking Kamara had a decent game. I I know he wasn't I didn't have a great game, but I thought he was pretty good. And I think at times I see why you know, that clearly the other clubs will see a lot of quality in him. Um, I think he's actually been all right the last few games, and um, maybe because he's aware that he's been watched. Um, 
the I mean, you're quite right. Renato Sanchez was completely <laughs> he was completely all over us in the in the first half an hour or so. You know, he's just a different level. But um, I thought for the whole, for the most part, Kamara had a pretty good game. Um, well, at least he was one of the better players on the pitch. Um, so I think I'll pick him. He was second half. Yeah, you're right. He, yeah, I I would say I would have put him as a flock. And I think oh. we'd, we, I think we'd put him as a flop if if we they hadn't gone down to ten men because I think Sanchez would have continued to run riot. But in the second half, I agree with you. Actually, he was he was one of he was quite decisive. I remember two or three times he actually he actually runs up and, and wins the ball back pretty high up the pitch for us two or three times. Yeah. And um, just on the subject of Renato Sanchez, um, just to kind of. Um, float off topic a little bit but what a player I mean I've always thought he was excellent but he's really he's really impressed me uh, I just I'm really disappointed that we didn't sign this guy I think he would have been excellent for us imagine we'd spent 28 million on him and not Kevin Strutman in, back oh, in 2018 man. like can you imagine Renato but, Sanchez and Guendouzi together <laughs> in midfield that would be amazing he, he's just he's, he's yeah he's one of those that he um and we haven't. Look, I don't think we've had this profile at OM for, for ages. He's physical, but he's technical. He can go forward. He can also put in a tackle. Um, I can't remember the last time we had a midfielder of his ability. Let's be honest. I mean, um, it's, it, it is hard to pick out. If we ever get a Saudi takeover, he should be the first guy we should be buying <laughs> right now. Um, excellent. He would just. But, I think he would slot in so easily. But anyway, that's a pipe dream. Yeah, you have to remember as well that he did plateau for a while, didn't he? He had difficult spells at, at Swansea and Bayern Munich and stuff, and so that's where Lille have been pretty good actually. With uh, and um, you know, our, our, our friend, um, what's his name, the sporting director there that we we keep trying to get. Luis Campos. Yes, Campos. Yeah, Campos sort of brought him out of the the darkness, didn't he? He took a punt on him. They they spent twenty million or so on him, but. He's revived him, and he, he obviously knew he had the talent. He was still young enough to rebound anyway, but yeah, it's just yeah, it, it, very jealous. I agree. Okay, so um, do you want to pick your tops and flops? Uh, if you've got anything to add to that, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go briefly. I think um, I agree with you on 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 the, the, the tops. I'd add I'd add under because he was, you know, he's been decisive for the last three games. He's scored, and um, he's just. He just looks like the only one who's likely to make something happen. He just, um, you know, he, <coughs> you, you, he, he, he looks like. Remember how Radonich? I think when they dribble, they they actually look a bit similar because they touch the ball quite a bit, quite a bit, quite a bit. But the problem with Radonich is he 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 just looks a bit lost. He looks like he loses where he, what he was trying to do. Um, but I think Radonich could have been under, but he isn't. But under is just, um, I mean, that you know, soft spot because I'm I'm left footed and I've always liked. Nifty little little left-footed wingers anyway, but he's uh he's in confidence um and it's just it seems to just be coming off for him all the time and and that won't go on forever but right now he he's on fire so um very good um Lopez is is another top um I think Tretzar in the second half was really good at marshalling the the, the rare sort of counter attacks that that Lille had. Um, flops. I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd put Kamara just, just because I, I wouldn't. I, I just don't want to imagine what it would have been like if they'd have stayed at eleven men because Sanchez was all over him in the first half. But actually, he did rebound in the second half, so maybe a bit harsh. 
Um, I'd actually, yeah, Milik, 100% agree. I'd actually, it's hard, but I'd actually put Payet to an extent in the sense that, not because I wouldn't say, you know, we expect too much from him anyway, let's be honest. But I, I yeah, I think he's, he's in his usual post-Christmas mini slump. And um, yeah, it's just, it, we, you can't expect him to produce the magic all the time, but he just... Um, yeah, I think he was he was wasted on the left wing in the first half, and then the second half it was um, he was one of the few that was a bit guilty of trying of slowing it down too much and not not transitioning from left to right as quickly as maybe he could have should have done. Um, that's it, really. I think uh, San Paoli, you can't put the coach in for a different topic, but yeah, I was I was very frustrated at how late he left his substitutions, whereas last season he was really good. And, and actually, remember, we, we, I was praising him because often his substitutions were decisive, and, and Luis Enrique was one of those who'd come on and get an assist, for example, and stuff. But yeah, I just didn't understand. You take Minikov with five minutes to go, and it's like, what's the, what's the point, mate? What, what are you doing? It's too late. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, takeaways? Any takeaways that you want to mention before we move on? Well, the, the, the only takeaway, sadly, Steph, is. Um, We've only won one of our last five home games, and it's it's and two of them have been eleven against ten men for over forty five minutes, and it's not good enough. Um, and yeah. the teams, this has been fifteen years we've seen this at the Villadrome, and and teams have been getting better and better. They they come, they have a game plan, they sit deep, they catch us on the break. It's just so fucking predictable, um, and and. Even though in previous years it was a bit lackluster and you'd always have a doubt because we weren't necessarily as dominant, but when we're as dominant as we are, um, we, we need we just need something extra. We're missing that little X factor. We're, we're just missing, yes, a bit of luck. Let's not lie because there's you know there's chances that that, that Jerson volley, for example, um, was was very close. You know, um, I'd actually put Jerson in the tops actually while we're on it because I think he's been on a good run recently of form. Um, he's not slowing the game down as much. He seems to be be a bit more direct and a bit more decisive when he when he when he plays. But yeah, that, the takeaway is we need to improve our home record. It's abysmal. Yeah, I was going to say the same things. I don't really have anything to add other than yeah that I agree. Yeah, the the poor home form is clearly the takeaway that that needs to, maybe need to think about a different tactical approach for home games. Um, because I think teams have figured this out how to come points. here. Yeah, yeah, eighteen points drops at home. It's it's just not not you know. So it's, it's embarrassing. Yeah. So on Saturday, actually, we've got a next game, so um, which is a pretty tough one against Lens, who are not an easy team um, to play against, and it's it's in Lens. So I think that we can expect to lose some points as well. Um, so right now we're sitting thirds, but we've got a game in hand. So I think we're two points behind Nice in the table. So if we went won a game in hand, we we would go second. Um, but that game in hand is well, the next game is against Lons, so you, you can imagine that we might fail to to take advantage of that. Um, and the game game in hand is against Leo. 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 <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so we might lose that um, that that luxury right now, if you can call it that. Um, predictions for the game against Lons, which what do you think the score is going to be? I'm more optimistic than I would be if it was at home. But I'm um, honestly uh, the the form we're in and 
the form they're in, they're, they, they've sort of rebounded a bit because they, they lost like six games or something. Or they failed to win in, in their previous six games prior to Christmas break. Um, I'll, I'll take a draw. I think I think one one. I'd, I'd sign for that. But but you never know with him with a away record, we could sneak a win. Yeah, I mean they did lose a couple of games, didn't they? Like before Christmas, I think they lost against Nantes, is what I remember. And who did they lose against? Nice. It was Nice, wasn't it? Um, yeah, so the, they, they've kind of dipped a little bit, but I, I don't know. I mean, this is New Year now, so they've had a break and they've won the last, first couple of games back, haven't they, Long? So I think that they're going into this pretty confidently. Um, I mean, I, 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 I think I, we'll lose, it, to be honest. I think we'll lose a 2 1, maybe. I think they're possible. Be, yeah. We seem to always struggle against them and, and for Fana. If you think about what Renato Sanchez did to us, uh, um, on Sunday, uh, Seku Fofana uh, is, I, I, I can you, see him giving us problems in the same You've taken the word right out of my mouth. I was going to say exactly the same thing. Um, but I, I think just because we're, we're solid and we have this mentality of, of not losing, I think, I think it'll be a 1-1 draw. I don't, I don't think we'll lose. Um, we'll see. I, I predict 1-1 again. Well, I'll take that. Um so with that, we'll move on to the next bit. So it's the Macatafel. We've been pretty active, actually. So um, we've brought in two new players. Uh, so last, not even a week ago, just a few days ago, we signed a forward. We signed Cedric Bakambu, um, who I think some of our listeners will remember he used to play for Social quite a number of years ago. Um, and I think he was kind of big, but, but a decent prospect, wasn't he, for the French under-21s. Um, and... Kind of, I think probably most most well known we were for his time in, yeah yeah we were, we were linked to him yeah. at one point most well known maybe for his time in Spain at Villarreal where he, he did pretty good and uh, sort of became a bit of a household I say household names are a bit generous but he became you know regarded as a, a top striker really in Europe um, maybe not a world class striker but certainly a top level striker. Uh, He's got a pretty good goal scoring record actually. I've been looking at it and he's scored goals at a decent ratio wherever he's went. Um, but he's been in China the last few years and although he's been scoring goals there, you would expect maybe. Um, he's 30 years old, so he's not exactly like completely cooked or anything yet. Um, so we'd li- I'd like to think that he's still got a year or two in him at top level, but it's depending on whether or not he is at the top level or can get back to the top level after playing in um, League of less quality. Um, so he comes, I think, on a, it's a six-month deal, isn't it, initially? Um, no, it's 18 months. 18 months, okay. So that's interesting. Now, I'm not sure whether this deal means is it was kind of preparing for a possible departure of Melik or whether this was just about shoring up options on the left side of attack. Uh, yeah. Oh. Both, but, yeah, Longo yeah, has come out and saying no way, we, you know, we're not, we, 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 we worked hard to get Minnick, we're not selling him now. Is that true? We'll find out. Um, I, I, yeah, I, you know, look, you know what? On the free, um, we don't know the full wage structure, but um, you know, seemingly he's nowhere near what he was earning in China, which was something ridiculous, like 200k a week or something. Who knows? But uh, it's just, yeah, you know, it's the kind of signing. He's 30. Um, you know, trust in Pablo. We did the, you know, how many bad signings has he made? Not many. Um, free transfer, even if he he manages five six goals between now and the end of the season. But I think it's more about you know 
imagine he he actually comes into the collective and I've always I remember watching him at the time and I always I've always found a bit of Tuafiru Maulida in him like one of those not very prolific but one of those hard-working strikers is physical and 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 can you know can uh, take a chance in in the penalty area but also is quite good at drawing defenders and 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 messing them out of 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 um of duels and stuff I think Mon Yang, no, just be mainly because he plays in the uh, left. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I think he's a he's a bit better than Malida, no, technically, is he not? But, but again, I think if you know if we would set expectations, come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'd I, be I, happy if he has anywhere near the impact Malida had when he was here. I'd be happy. <laughs> awesome, and I, I don't expect him to have the impact of Niang at the club, um, especially so, not not in the that, way that he's brought in. You know, as a kind of short term fix, isn't it? Um, but uh, yeah, I think to be honest, like, I think it's pretty. It could be a pretty decent signing, actually. I'm quite, I'm quite okay with it, actually. It's it's a January signing. I think it's a interesting signing. I think uh, we need more goals in, a, in attack, and I think he's someone who's capable of scoring a decent amount of goals. He's not going to be a 25, 30 goals a season kind of guy, but he's a, certainly a guy that could chip in with 10, 11, 12 goals a, a year. Um, and I think the question is whether or not he is, how fit he is and how able he is to adjust to playing back to a high, a high level again. He, he's uh, already in, in first team training, so they don't put players in first team training if they need fitness. So I think he, he, he did say he's been keeping fit with a physical trainer, um, a personal trainer and all of that. And and if he's in first team training, it means that they, they tend to, you know, they, they mean to, to involve him pretty soon. Um, especially with the absences we have. And uh, for all we know, who knows, maybe we'll have more COVID cases this week. But I think they will involve him. Um, again, the, I think the question for me is, is he going to play on the left um, with Milik or is he going to replace Milik down the middle? That's that's what we will come to, to find out. Um, I think but, he'll play on the left because we're pretty yeah, shit so. on the left side at the moment. But he until... brings something doesn't he? Because he's not yeah. one of the, he's not a Conrad or an Enrique. He's a, a bit nifty, a bit pacey. He's more of a a bit of a beast man, a bit of a a bit of a, um, a, a almost a second target man that can maybe and and we say on the left, you know, looks look at what happened on on Sunday. We our players just just change. Apart from Milik, every every player that ends that, that plays on the wing tends to to drift to the other wing or to drift centrally at some points and stuff. So I think we'll see him across many of the roles in attack and, and depending on what the game demands. Yeah, okay. Uh, so we'll move on to our second signing. Uh, this one happened tonight, actually. I mean, there was rumours that, like, for the last few days, week or so, that he could be coming and then yesterday it kind of sort of spiced up a bit last night that the rumours that he was in Marseille. So we heard this morning that he was there and he was getting a medical and he was announced. And I, I, I actually didn't think this one was going to happen. Like, I, I was... Maybe I was hoping that wasn't going to happen, not because necessarily I don't like the guy. I just thought that the other rumours that we were being linked to were more interesting. So this is left back. So we were just signed, um, I don't know who says it, is it Sead Kolosinac? I don't know if I pronounce his first name right. So he's a Bosnian left back. I think people will be pretty familiar with him from the time where he's just come from Arsenal. He's just been released from his contract there. Um, so he's been playing in Arsenal for the last four years. And before that, he was in Germany with Schalke. Well, he was pretty good in Germany, if I remember correctly. I thought when Arsenal signed him, I was like, that's a good signing. But he's been pretty 
poor um, from what I've I don't follow Arsenal I, I've, I, I'm quite open about that I don't watch a lot of English football but from what I've read he's not done very well at all in, in England so uh, Arsenal fans look pretty pleased to have gotten rid of him um, so for me as I said I've not been following his time in, in, in England especially not lately anyway um, and I as I said I thought he was decent before but I'm I don't think he, for me, I don't really see how this is an improvement much on the player that's just departed, which is Jordan Amari, which we can come to after. Um, for me, this just seems like there's a guy who's a name and he's available for nothing. Let's get him in. And that's kind of how I feel about it. But hopefully he proves me wrong and he turns out to be a very good signing. You know, I, I mean, I'd like to, I would just say that, like, not, I, 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 Arsenal fans will probably. I don't know what they're thinking about me saying this, but I would say that generally people don't sign for a club at Arsenal unless they're pretty decent, right? Um, and yeah, personally, I think that Arsenal, I've always thought, you know, they've always got some good players, just not a very well-run club over the years. Um, so, I'd, I mean, perhaps he does have the quality to make a big impact here, but I don't know. You, you follow Arsenal, so you can maybe say a bit more about what his level is actually like now. Well, hopefully I can. <laughs> no, but I, I, look, I do. Look, you've got to remember, he's been there four years, right? So he was there. He joined Wenger's last season. Um, Arsenal were already in mini sort of transition. Uh, Wenger leaves. Emery comes in. Um, he, again, it goes well for a few games. Then, then it doesn't go so well anymore. He loses his spot. Um, and then Arteta. And um, I think the one thing that... that I, I can say is that he's is he a great left back? No. Is he amazing? No. Is he good? Is he professional? Is he committed? Yes. And I think the main thing that you will that I'll, I'll, I'll remember at Arsenal is that he's he's extremely fit and extremely sort of focused. So he very aggressive, isn't he? Like he's yeah, got he, an aggressive style. You know, boy, there's the whole obviously the the whole off the pitch stuff where he defended Mesut Ozil and saved him from getting mugged. But but you know that's the type of thing that obviously is going to resonate with with the Marseille supporters with the FC Grinta and all of that. Yes, good mindset, good 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 character. Okay, but he's he's when he played for Arsenal, he he often I remember played in in a back five and he was the left the, the left wing back, and he he can cover shitloads of ground. He's always been very fit. Um, does he have a few mistakes in him? Maybe. Is he the best crosser? No. But he he will. I think in Liga it's a different different game, different demands, and I think he'll 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 do well when he is called upon. Um, and I think. Let me. Secondly, everybody knows my dislike for Jordan Mavi, but you you can't you know you can't compare. I mean, you're getting rid of a dosser who's been quite happy to to for whatever reason. Maybe the coach didn't want him, or or maybe he's a dick. You know, whatever. But we had someone sitting around being useless on 300k a month um, who who clearly, despite one decent stint with us for a few months under Villas-Boas, has been shit the rest of the time, has got um, has got a bit of a, you know, a bit of a dickhead, um, like a little, little thinks he's better than he is mentality. And you're replacing him with someone who's a, who's a Boston international um, who, who's played in the Premier League and who's, um, you know, who's someone who's committed and, and will, will bring some professionalism, will bring some commitment, will bring the sort of Alvaro fighting spirit to this squad. And I don't, I don't think you can complain. Come on, you know, it's, um, it's, 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 
I mean, I think I don't think he's going to play a lot of games, and I think he knows that. But I think as as a as a signing in terms of the character in the dressing room, he's he's great choice, and we're certainly gained compared to MV. He's clearly, I think, going to be the backup for Luan Perez, I, I believe, because he, he's quite a versatile player, isn't he? Klaus and actually can play in def- central defence and stuff. Yeah, but um, I've never... And I think that's something that Amavi couldn't do, and that's what Sampali wants right now, is someone who can play as a sort of left centre back, stroke left wing, you know, left wing back when we're going forward. Um, yeah. And I think Klaus and actually maybe fits that role better. He's a bit more versatile than Amavi. Um, so yeah, I, I, that's the kind of role I see him playing there, in the Juan Perez role, and not on the kind of like, you know, sort of left winger stroke oh. wing back Conrad um, Luis, Luis Enrique role. I don't see him doing that because I don't think, I mean, maybe he will get tried think, in that, but I don't think he will be. That I I I, I struggle to see him being the solution there. I don't think he's technically good enough or creative or. Um, yeah, to, to do that. Well, not that the others are performing swimmingly no, either, but yeah, I just don't I think see I it. think he can. Um, I think he he'll he'll probably be the the left side Lirola. You know, I think he'll play the Lirola role on the left. And yes, you're right. I, you're right. He can play that left centre back position, but I I can't recall seeing him there very often for Arsenal. First of all, and second of all, yes, well, I think he's more capable probably than Amavi of, of understanding that role and playing it. Um, I, I'd, I'd rather he didn't. I, 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 that's where I think his limitations would appear and would be exposed. So I, I think because of his physicality and because of his ability to, to cover the ground and, and, and really you know be, be like 100% sprinting for, for almost 90 minutes, I think he could be the left side, um, the, the left side Lirola. And I think that's that's probably... Part of um, part of us trying to to increase the versatility on our left side. Um, the, the way, know. You know, we, you know the way we have Lirola and Under on the right. I think maybe we will have Kurasinac and back on beyond the left. That's that's probably that's probably Sampaoli's hope. Yeah, but um, I I hope not because I I think that the, as we talked about the game earlier on, I think we have a real problem with um, creativity in the final third. And I think um, if he takes that spot on the left, I think he's taken away. That 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 from a more creative player, and I think it will just leave us being more impotent in attack. I think clearly we have no we have a lack of solutions. Maybe he's a bit, maybe his ability to like run at, at opposition might make a difference. But I don't know. I'm just um, uh, for me, I think we need more um, just more ideas, more 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 talent, more um, how do I say just more. more yeah, more flair. Yeah, people that can can make things happen a bit more um, and, I, I, and unlock what the opposition defences when they are sitting back, which we struggle to do. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't think he'll be starting very regularly. Um, I think he'll be one of those that, that, yeah, he'll he'll probably come on at like sixty minutes. Or if he does start, as you say, if we are struggling to break a team down, he may he may be the one that that leaves his his place for for Enrique or Conrad, but. I, I, yeah, I don't really think he's going to be a regular uh, a starter. I think I think he'll probably play fifteen between fifteen and twenty twenty pieces of games appearances between now and the end of the season. But I'd, I'd be very pleasantly surprised if he started more than five six games. Yeah. Okay. I, I think we better move on. I mean, we kind of mentioned Amavi 
already. Um, I'm just to say we know we all know you hate him, Ben, right? So we need not ask you anymore. <laughs> but um, I'll just say that I I didn't think it was a great deal to sell him to Nice from they're a direct rival. Um, not just like the fact that they are a rival of ours, but they're also a rival um, for position. You know the positions in the podium. Um, they're sitting in second place. Uh, to me, that just um, I think is a move that is not very really sensible. So that's all I'll say about it. Um, I'm not totally against them going, but I would uh, I don't I don't think we should have let them go to Nice. Um, now I don't think we've got time to talk about the other kind of rumours and stuff. So we'll, maybe we'll just move on to about the big kind of story tonight, which is still kind of Macato focused in some sort of way uh, um, to some degree. So this one kind of hit us a bit out of nowhere. I suppose we always thought that this could happen and then we kind of forgot about it because it didn't happen. And it's just kind of come out of nowhere and it's Papa Gay. So his transfer to Watford, um, you remember 18 months ago when we signed him, Watford had a, a, a pre-contract agreement with him. He supposedly already signed for Watford and then he went back on it and signed for us. Um, and Watford made a complaint to FIFA um, and FIFA handed out a decision just a few days ago whilst gays at the African Nations Cup Af- and uh, they have banned him for four months and they've also banned Marcy from signing any players for the next two transfer windows. So it's a bit of a shock. We weren't expecting it, at least at that time. Um, I understand that Marcy have appealed that decision now Um and it doesn't affect this current window either, so we are able to sign players in this window. Um, I don't know what are your thoughts on this. Are you optimistic that we'll get this resolved? I, 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 if I'm not mistaken, um, I think one of the con- um, conditions is that we can get out of it if we come to a financial agreement with Watford. Um, but do do correct me if I've misunderstood any of that. Well, I I was hoping, I thought that was the case too, but apparently Watford have appealed it too because I think they're open to to some sort of settlement. Um, Look, it's weird. The timing of it is weird. I'm not quite sure what's going on because, again, I'm not sure if this is confirmed or not, but from what I've read somewhere, apparently Watford would would prefer us to come to a settlement with them and get some money rather than than us us get... um, I think FIFA have fixed like an arbitrary fine that we would pay, but I, I'm, I don't know if that goes to Watford or if that goes to to, to FIFA. I don't know how that that works, but like, we, we remember we discussed this, Steph. We discussed this at the time, and we were like, "Oh, this is great," and we should have probably we should have signed him before Watford signed him. For fact's sake, what was Zubizarreta doing for all those months? Um, and and then he leaves, and then we sign him. Um, Zub, sorry, Zubizarreta leaves, and we end up signing Gay, and they, and I I just remember. His 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 press conference, Jacques Henri Hero is there saying, I have been given assurances by the legal team, a hundred percent this this will not come back to haunt us. This is we're in the right, this is legitimate. Pap Gay was was being um he's suing his ex-agent for for uh, manipulating him into signing a contract that he didn't want to sign and blah 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 blah. And so it's just like ugh, fucking Jacques Henri Hero is is still you know, he's he, well. He's been gone. He's not really gone, but he's he's been out of the presidents for for a year now, and his his mistakes are still fucking coming back to bite us in the ass. So, I think what what frustrates me the most is the timing of it because Jesus, this has been this was eighteen months ago. What's taken them so fucking long to to, to reach this 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 verdict? Um, 
it's unhelpful because not only for, for us, but for Pab Gay, he's on, he's on, you know, he's at the AFCON, he's on international duty, where he's he, allegedly you'd think he'd get minutes. This maybe could have spurred him on to get some form, who knows, and come back to us and, and, and start challenging for a place in the first team, who knows. It's just, it's, it's, it's just classic Marseille, you know, one step forward, two steps backward, and it would be... The likelihood, touch wood, uh, you know, I, I, I think and I hope this will be the case, but when it happened to Chelsea and Man City, they appealed and then it was only enforced after the next transfer window, which would be this summer, but the time it takes to go to appeals and stuff. So I think that's that's likely and I hope that's likely to be the case where we get at least this summer window where we can anticipate the outcome of this. Um, but it's... <sighs> It's just stupidity. If if we are found guilty and 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 we lose the appeal, it's just you just got to question what was done at the time and go. And and it's not like it was fucking worth it, you know. Let's be honest. Sadly, if if you know if this had been um, a, a Boubacar Camara or a, or a top player or a decent free agent, you'd go okay. Like Lasana Jaro, remember he was in a similar boat, but it wasn't anything to do with us because. He'd done this before to a previous club and, and he, he ended up getting fined when he was at Marseille. But you sort of look at it and go, how can you be that stupid and, and not cover yourself and not do your due diligence? And that's that's the frustration is that we're, we seem to be on the up. We seem to be making decent investments in the transfer market for the last 12 months. And this is this could really hinder our progress. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty shocking news. And I think as catastrophic as it sounds, actually, the more I thought about it, the way I think, and I thought if we um, if we manage to keep the players that we've got, which is very unlikely, and um, we've got a number of players that um, are coming to the end of the contracts, players like uh, Kamara, Chalitasa eventually, who will probably be sold either this window or the next one. But if we were able to keep them, and get them to sign some sort of short-term um, prolong, um, sort of short-term new contracts, and, and by some miracle could keep Saliba for another season on loan. So basically, what I mean is, if we could keep the squad that we've got, I actually think we're a pretty solid squad. I'm looking at it and I'm thinking this is the best squad that I can remember we've had for years, probably since Deschamps was the manager. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't say it's the best team we've had, but I think it's probably the best squad we've had. Um, it's just, we've got players in every position, you know, and if you think about it, we've actually got some pretty, I, I mean, maybe they didn't do that well for us, but we, the players out on loan are actually pretty strong names as well. Like, I mean, um, obviously a lot of these players aren't coming back. Benedetto apparently just about to join Boca Juniors. Um, Kevin Strickman, will, I think he'll be a contract, will he not? Hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> um, He's got never. 18 months, so... <laughs> no, God, so he... he right, but anyway, in Amavi's got a... Nice have got an option to buy. Not, but there's loads of players, Pera and Radonic. They're actually... The players that are out on loan, they're, like, they're good enough to make to be squad players, you know, um, as well if we were in a crisis. We've got players, um, and we've got young guys like Ben Seguir, someone who might be able to step up. Should we not be able to sign players, you know? We might be able to draft in some young talent. Um, so, yeah, I think, like... It, it, it potentially isn't catastrophic, but I think the key thing is is keep whether or not we keep the players we've got. Like if we lose uh, Saliba, Chaletasa, uh, and Kamara, then our defence is really in a mess. We're really like 
going to have to rethink the whole ca- tactical setup. Um, and we're not going to bring in players to make up for that. I mean, I mean, Alvaro Gonzalez might be going this window. There's been talk about that. Like, so we that's that's a bit of a worry. But if we kept the players we've got, then I would quite happily see this squad with no additions for the next two, well, a year, two years, whatever long, till we we're actually be able to sign players and have no arrivals for the next couple of windows. I I think actually we probably might be better off that way anyway because a lot of new players come in in the summer, a lot of young players in the squad. You know they need time to settle in. I think we might actually turn out to have a great side, but that is a very hopeful way of looking at things, and that's probably not how it's going to pan out, is it? Let's face it. But on a positive note, I did uh, read that Bubakar Kamara in post games comments said saying he hadn't ruled out the possibility of staying at Marseille. So you never know. <laughs> um, yeah, but he said he said he, that's what he said. He said nothing's off the table. Um, yeah, so um, who knows? Let's just hope, hope, hope. I, I um, agree. Hope we get a deal for Saliba. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that I, I think, as I said, if it, if if well, we've appealed it, so it's suspended, and Gay can play again in the Afghan anyway. But if if the appeal, like it did with Chelsea, ends up um, taking you know taking place after the next transfer window, if we do get Champions League, I trust in in Longoria to to anticipate the eventual ban as as we know that it's likely to, to be enforced and to and to as you've said i think we need one more window with a bit more money that champions league money um to keep maybe keep a saliba for next year's season and and buy two or three players top quality players that are then can cover two years without without any new arrivals or certainly 18 months without any new arrivals and you know it may be yeah maybe a, a mini godsend for us in in the sense that you know, we we whilst we've been making decent choices on the transfer market recently, we, we are also capable of making fucking shit ones. So, if if we get this, we get it suspended. We do a good window this summer, and then we have to wait eighteen months before we can sign more players for the next window. If we if we get it right this summer, it may be not as bad as 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 it could be, and I agree with you on that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I think maybe we should we just wrap it up tonight. I think we've covered lots. There's been a lot to talk about, and uh, yeah, some, I think there's probably not much more to say. So, should should we call it a night? Um, and yeah, pleasure. Yeah, always uh, yeah, that's we, pretty we, good. Yeah, yeah. for a last minute podcast, I think we managed to to um, to cover quite a lot tonight. So yeah, really good. So uh, thanks everyone for listening, um, and thanks. Ben. Um, it was good to. To, to chat about OM as always and we'll try and get another episode out um I don't know in the coming couple of weeks. You know. Week, you know, and um you know as, as we've been trying if even if you can't make it, one of us will try and yeah, I think we'll try and do it more frequently and yeah, the, the less I present the best. And, I think uh, you did a good job, so don't be so harsh on you. I think you're probably like more <laughs> natural. Any more any more smoke alarms, guys, so don't worry. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a production issue. <laughs> um, okay, right. Well good night guys and um, we'll catch up soon. Right.